Thank you for listening to the Culture of Splife podcast. Follow us on all of our social media at Culture of Splife. We typically like to record this podcast on Mondays at 8.30 p.m. Central Time on TikTok. But if there is a scheduling change, we will post that on all of our social media. So follow us at Culture of Splife. Hey, I noticed, hey, both of us are wearing Auburn. How about that? Right. They need all the help they can get. Yeah, I was about to say it was a rough weekend for their basketball team. (laughs) Absolutely, it was. (laughs) <laughs> oh, the Auburn's burning my eyes. Yes, Sandy. Roll <laughs> time. geared up for the Alabama game this weekend, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to wear my lucky panties for that one. That's going to be a rough <laughs> one for sure. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, the, the the last one was pretty bad. This one's going to be even worse, I think. Uh, Auburn's Auburn's not not pulling this one out, I don't believe, in in the basketball game. But yeah, and it's in it's in Tuscaloosa. The way they've been burying people there. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of thinking it's going to be like that uh, that NBA game where we have 351 points scored or whatever it was. Um, so what game so was that, Josh? I into that. I mean, who would have thought that you would have an all-star game type of score after the all-star game? Right. Both teams shot over 60% from the field. (laughs) That was ridiculous at the end of, you know, because I, I of course, don't watch the NBA. I've I've told people that I'm not, I'm not an NBA fan, but when you were like, did you check out the game? It's like, no, (laughs) didn't. And then I look at the score and I'm like, whoa, what is this? And of course I'm immediately like Googling what's the highest scoring NBA game. How close is this? It's got to be close. And it was, it was within 10 points, I think, of the highest scoring game ever. Something like that. I would hope so. Oh man, I saw the stat. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was really close though. For yeah, sure. it was, it was really close. I actually thought about this and honestly, I don't think if you had, if we had three basketballs, the three of us were playing on half a court and you gave us, what would that have been? 64 minutes roughly 54 mm-hmm. minutes I'm trying to do the math in my head what uh, no uh yeah it would have it would have been 58 58 minutes. 58 minutes if you gave us 58 minutes three basketballs one hoop i don't think the three of us could have scored that many points i'm just you're probably right. right i'm just yeah. throwing that out there i don't believe between the three of us combined just shooting just shooting and i don't think we could have done it well, did y'all see the skills contest during the All-Star break? Those guys couldn't make shots at all, and they're professionals. The rookies, right. I think, literally made like two buckets in a minute or something. Like, it was insane. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, we're at that stage now in the NBA where if it's not a dunk or a three, they can't really do it very well. Right. I mean, like – who does a mid-range game or even a turnaround or, in, 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 or fade away in the post? I mean, like, what are those concepts now? <laughs> and that's right. the thing. We had tabled a topic. Uh, well, we ignored a topic, truly, that Josh had suggested about the shot clock uh, this this week. He, he just – I don't know what your point was about the shot clock, and it got me thinking, like, what are my opinions on the shot clock? What if we did away with it? What would happen? And I'm thinking, man, I think I would have to foul – every person it, because at that point I think I would stand a better chance of winning if I just fouled without the shot clock rather than just let them hold the ball because like you said that mid-range shot I think is is the whole like crux we're either shooting from half court 
or right under the goal. There's no in-between anymore. Let's take our chances with some some free throws. I'm going to foul out my whole team. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Forget the shot clock. I don't need it anymore. I'm fouling everybody. It's like <laughs> high school, right? They don't have exactly. a shot clock. Exactly. Well, what was so funny about the game, I, I tuned in probably like midway through the third quarter because it was pretty close. And um, at one point, I think the Clippers were up by – six or eight, maybe even 10 towards the end of regulation. And all of a sudden they didn't know how to play basketball. Paul George got ripped by uh, De'Aaron Fox for a layup. So, yeah, so, so pandemic P is coming back. If everybody That's remembers exactly him. right. That's exactly right. I, I mean, like, and I, then <laughs> Kawhi Leonard threw a perfect strike to whatever Sacramento King was running in that area and picked it off for a layup. And then there was a horrible offensive foul on the inbound. I mean, literally, they scored six points in seven seconds. And then I, they started throwing the ball to the big uh, Plumley kid. And well, even the announcer said, why would you put the ball on the court unless you knew who was around you? He just kept getting pickpocketed like two times in a row. It was amazing. Well, well you got to think about this for the Clippers at this point. Anytime you have Paul George and Russell Westbrook on the same team, there's a very good chance that there are going to be several games where you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. That is true, but Westbrook played really well. He had 14 assists, I think 18 points. And, and like 17 points. In his so, first game, but he fouled out. And that was pretty much the difference, I think. <laughs> Because they didn't have anybody who was used to bringing the ball down the court at that point. You know, yeah. Reggie Jackson's on the Nuggets, so he couldn't do it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Bones and Highland. George happened. Answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> but what a game. For sure. That's funny we talked about that since that wasn't on the slate. But what's on the nope. slate today, Drew? It just happens. It just happens. That's it. It's so impressive. We just have to talk about it. That's right. And, you know, obviously Westbrook is on the other L.A. team, and now the Lakers are on the win streak. But now LeBron's out indefinitely, so. Yeah, with the foot. That's right. You know, it's right. kind of crazy. Oh, we got a war eagle. We got a war eagle. Oh, look at oh. that. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but I don't – If I mean, this is like the biggest if ever, if, if – uh, AD stays healthy for the Lakers, they still have a chance to keep the wins going while LeBron's out. Especially I definitely with think the team so. that they have right now. That's exactly right. Getting Vanderbilt. Did you see the stats? He basically shut down Luka by himself last night. I, I mean, Vando is I, – I mean, he's a calmer version of like a Dennis Rodman type. I mean, because he just – his – he has nonstop energy. He rebounds the ball. He defends like crazy. I mean, that guy was, I mean, that was that was a huge pickup for them getting a hustle guy like that. Oh, yeah. Didn't he come with D'Angelo? He did. Yeah. He, D'Angelo, and Beasley. Beasley. <laughs> That's a funny story in and of itself, isn't it, with the whole uh, Larsa Pippen thing? <laughs> You know, Malik Beasley was dating Scottie Pippen Jr.'s mom, Mama. and now they're teammates. So that's kind of an interesting <laughs> dynamic. 
we got we got a good question in the chat though, and it might uh, might segue pretty well to our um, our resident on call bracketologist here. I see but, it. But uh, is Bruce Pearl in trouble? You know, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think you also have to look at a couple of things. Like each year, there's different teams, and if you look at what Auburn had last year versus what they have this year, I mean, it's just a, a completely different deal. Like. This year's team is is hurting from a guard standpoint. I mean, you look at the year that you guys got to the Final Four, guard play was ridiculous, right? right? So now it's, I mean, if, if Broom doesn't have like 20 and 20, like, you're struggling. Right. And I think, I think personally, Bruce, Bruce Pearl, he builds his team around that guard play. Correct. Um, almost to a fault, and and we're seeing a fault. And hey, you know what? In a basketball uh, world, if this is a fault year, and we're still, you know, still looking at the tournament. I mean, right now we're on the cusp of that NIT bid, right? We might be yeah. falling out of it pretty soon, depending on how well we play in the uh, yeah. Championship. You, you guys are you guys are a ten seed right now. But uh, but you know, if we go into the tournament, we do well. You know, think things could uh, things could look pretty good. Uh, so it's, it's Alabama and Tennessee this week. Alabama on Wednesday, and then Tennessee. That's that's as rough as it, it gets. I think you'll lose to Bama, but I, I actually believe that you guys chance to upset Tennessee. <clears throat> I, I made the uh, the horrible mistake of watching the Vanderbilt game. Le- not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before, I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we're probably gonna win." I started watching it at twelve thirty a.m. <clears throat> Sunday morning, right after the game had ended, and I uh, should have gone to bed. Um, but I was watching that, and what made me so mad is that Janai Broom would score, and he would do that motion of, you know, "You're too small." Yeah. But then the Robbins kid from Vanderbilt who reminded me of like big country Reeves remember yes. him? Mm-hmm. Uh, he completely dominated broom. I think he got like 19 free throws or something. It was like Joel Embiid down the stretch against the Celtics. Nobody can do anything with them. You just have to foul and hope they miss free throws. And that's how this Robbins kid was just owning broom. So, well, it, it goes into the, what we see now is, is that, that AAU mentality. I mean, we, we, we're talking about travel ball a little pregame, but it's that mentality of, you know, you can own me like all game. We can be down by like 20 points, but if I get some kind of highlight or make some kind of play, you know, I'm going to showcase that, you know, and I'm going to, you're not on my level for that, you know, 20 seconds while I'm not on your level for the rest of the, you know, uh, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. Exactly. (laughs) It's like when you're watching a football game, probably college and uh the one team is up by 50 and the team that's down 50 scores a touchdown and they're celebrating and somebody on the team that's up just points at the scoreboard yep stop (laughs) but you're exactly right it's this new mentality it's i i I mean like it's, it's astounding because you know obviously my daughter is you know knee deep in the aau basketball game which she also scrimmages uh, during the week and, and does skills training with high school boys like five on five and is actually the point guard in those full court scrimmages with high school boys right now. Uh, but like it just never fails that we run into just people all the time where 
if, whether it's your parents or them, if you give them a choice of score 10 points and on a team that wins the, the tournament that weekend or you score 30 and your team gets beat by 25, like 90% of them take the ladder. Wow. And so, and we wonder why we have such a problem right now with NBA and why is there such a big issue with skills challenges and, and, you know, scoring 351 total points in a game and an all-star game where the final score is 250 to 248. You know, I mean, this is why it, it starts with that mentality. Yep. That so is definitely we where we are. Definitely where we are. But um, someone who is able to do both. How about Dame Lillard with 71 Dame points time. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Dame time. <laughs> and what did he make, like 13 threes? Yes. It was like 13 or 15 or something crazy like that? Yeah. He had 41 at the break. Yeah. Uh, I know that that – that's when I started like following it because all of a sudden, you know, I was getting alerts on my phone. Dame with 41 at halftime. I was like, <laughs> don't, and he don't just you love his alerts when you get that? You, you're immediately like, wait, is 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 he gonna score 80? Is that yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was saying. Is that right. what's gonna happen here? <laughs> and I love how he's not LeBron James. I need to go to a team to that you know, put a team together so we can win. He's trying to build in Portland, and he's been doing it forever. And they just get rid of all of his players, and he's the only one that stays there. Of course, sixty-one million a year probably doesn't hurt. I'm but, so uh, frustrated with that LeBron mentality that you mentioned, uh, Josh. Because I mean, like even now, when you like talk about like eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen-year-old kids, like this has to go back. Seems like everything goes back to travel ball, but. It's just astounding now. Like my daughter's at school, and she's like, everybody at school that plays basketball, they're they're all trying to get with whether it's, it's her school or like all the neighboring schools. They're trying to get together and get on the same AAU team. Like it's just like that's 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 the only thing people know how. And you know, like we decided not to go that route. And and every day is like, come on, you got to go on our team. Come on, let's do this. And she's like, nah, nah, don't want to do that. But. That's where it's, I mean, that's where it starts. Every and, conversation that is ever had about basketball always leads to what? The GOAT conversation. Yes. And here we are again. Michael was able to do it with what? Six All-Stars? Is that what it mm -hmm. was in, in all of his championships? That's exactly right. And, and here we are again. So I mean, people like LeBron need six All-Stars at one time just to compete for one title. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And your you know daughter... What? What's that no, do? what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, and then there's your daughter, you know, who just wants to be the best. She's such an unbelievable team player. She's facilitating. She's a decoy oftentimes until mm -hmm. she needs to make the game winner against Mountain Brook, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's what, so funny what's... because people will ask her, she's like, well, do you want to go to Yukon or South Carolina? And she actually will tell them now, no, I don't. I want to be on the team that takes them down. Wow. wow. Absolutely. 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be the showstopper. You know what's funny about it, though? Um, it, it's it's almost a step further than this. I don't know if you've ever get, uh, read the book about um, uh, by Malcolm Gladwell. It's called Outliers. It's a study of people that are great at stuff, mm-hmm. right? The outlier, um, so to speak. And uh, they actually studied people that are professional NHL players that are Canadian mm-hmm. born, right? That And they found there was one simple way to find out somebody's greatness mm-hmm. in in Canada in hockey and this this corresponds to every sport by the way it correlates perfectly mm-hmm. and you can do it with any kind of sport um you should have freaks of nature that are out there that are just that do have a little bit of natural talent that are a little bit ahead of the game but for the most part you're going to get this correlation and have you guys ever read the book before i haven't but i'm interested now so, so do you know what the one factor is that correlates to greatness inside of sports, specifically the NHL in Canada? Huh, let's see here. That, that age break? Like being the oldest? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, I, I, can, even, I can even look at my career – as a basketball player in school growing up, and you guys are probably like, what, you were a basketball player? I was, and, and I, had, I had the tools. I had the, the abilities. I had the basketball camps. The problem was I was born in April, which means I was the youngest kid almost always playing basketball with a bunch of older kids. What did that mean? I was a little bit shorter. I was a little bit slower, that kind of thing. What did I not get? I didn't get selected for the good teams. I didn't get to go to the good the good travel ball teams and stuff like that because I was that way. So by the time I'm in 10th grade, the disparity between me and the rest of the team, hey, guys, I went to a 4A school growing up. You don't it's think I wouldn't have been one of the tallest guys on the team? I would have been. And if you, had, if you had been playing for like a long period of time, you had developed the reputation of, oh, he's a small guy, he's a young guy. But Exactly. He, you know what they're doing. I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy that you mentioned that because you know what they're doing now, like most kids. They are reclassing kids now, like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. They're repeating the same grade. They're holding them back just so they can have an advantage in sports. Like I, I actually know like three kids that, well, one of them in particular, they just, they just held him back in the sixth grade and he just homeschooled that year and came back as a sixth grader again just so he could have an advantage in sports. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, and, the, that's the workaround now. And that ties into what Larry just said in the comments. He says, I always see the best of the best starting off at a super young age. You start at a super young age, but if your birthday falls on the right date, like if you're a, if you're an October or even a September baby in some cases, you start at that super young age, you're set for life. I mean, you're going pro. It's almost in your destiny because you're going to have that advantage over everybody else. It's absolutely insane. Although it is crazy that my daughter is is an August birthday where she doesn't like she turned 13. She's in eighth grade. She won't turn 14 until the ninth grade. So we right. could have actually did the and and what's crazy about that is, I mean, she's still the best in her class because she's kind of that outlier there, but. We've had a ton of people like that come up to me asking if, if we would just like reclass her. Like I, I literally had a, a travel team that said, 
well, you know, she could play for a grade below because she won't turn 14 before the season's over. Like, and then this is so. <laughs> right. It's, it's always going to happen. And, and if, if that happens, she gets an extra year of practice. <laughs> I mean, think about that for real, an extra year of practice at that age, you know, whenever you've got people out there that they're 13 years old and they're just discovering they kind of like basketball for the yeah. first time, right? And you're going up against your daughter who is, is it's ingrained in her and is, you know, in her blood, right? It's just, it's just her, right? She's awesome at it. So it's, it's tough if you're that new person going against that person that has been reclassified. Uh, but I even remember some of the best football players when I was growing up, they were the older kids. They were the yep. kids with the October birthdays. Correct. Um, guy I went to school with, Jordan, he was always bigger than all of us, hands mm-hmm. down. Well, of course he was. He was almost a year older than me. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, of course he was. So do you fix this problem or do you just let it continue? Because my son plays travel soccer and everything is based on birth year. Right. So everybody on his team was born in 2011. Mm-hmm. Now, what stinks for him is that he was born on December 29th, 2011. Mm. So he is by far the youngest on the team. I, actually, there's one other kid that was born in December as well, um, but he's also undersized. So um, travel soccer, it doesn't matter. You get held back. Oh, well, now you're playing with older kids. So you're used to playing yes. resets with younger kids and now you're having to go up right and it's a big culture always play to your competition so yeah soccer is problematic anyway in the united states um (laughs) specifically just because like like your son should count his many blessings about um (laughs) sorry i got distracted by by a question in the chat uh that was a good question but what I was saying was soccer in the U.S. is problematic anyway like um, because, like, no offense to your son, but the best soccer players don't even get the opportunity to play soccer in some cases because, like, in Alabama, where we're all from, you don't even get the – you know, you don't even have the team. Like, I grew up in Corner, Alabama. You can Google that. It's a place. It actually exists. There's a high school there, and they have never not once played soccer unless yeah. they start it. Yeah. You know – this yeah, definitely that's brings up an interesting conversation, what you're talking about with, with <laughs> soccer. But, well, yeah, definitely want to get with what Larry is saying about his question. I, I do like that. But when you talk about that with soccer, it's really – and we always talk about, well, how can we get it better in the United States? Well, our biggest issue is most of the, the kids, they may start playing soccer, but – when we find out that they're super freak athletes, what do we do? We funnel them to, to basketball or football, you know? And while in other countries, their elite athletes are the ones that are playing soccer. And so I think that's going to be your problem for a long time. And that's why it's hard to garner that consistency. And in, in as far as the U.S., if, until they crack that code, the U.S. will stay behind in the world with soccer. So you know what you know what the code was in in Corner Alabama. I had one of my best friends. Of course, I told you guys this pregame. He and I actually um, helped coach soccer. Um, you know, once we got into college. But here's what we did: tenth grade, the special teams coach of our football team said, mm-hmm. "Oh, you kids play soccer? 
you're going to be the punter. You're going to be the place kicker. Yep. You hold for him. And, <laughs> and that was legitimately going to be our role if we wanted it. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it was on the tub on the table for us to take. And it, it was not, Oh, we've got a couple of guys that play soccer. Let's find us, you know, 10 or 12 more and see if we can come up with a team. It's rag tag team of misfits or something. No, <laughs> it was, you guys are going to kick a football. Yep. Yep. And then, and then as a teenager, you're thinking, let's see here, which is the easiest way for me to get a girl stay on the soccer team or be the, you know, or be on the football team. You know, <laughs> that's Kickers what they, don't uh, get girls. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm just saying that it was, that was the funniest thing. Cause I actually had uh, somebody say, well, I mean, it, it's easier for me to get girls if I'm on the football, the basketball team, than the soccer team. Look, I've, I've got I've got a fact that proves that one. Y'all know the uh, the kicker that uh, that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Butker. 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 Yeah, exactly. Butker. For that split second there, nobody knew what his name was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. He kicked the game-winning. Phil goal in the Super Bowl, and we're going to forget it. I've said it a million times, guys. I'll say it one more time. He would have missed that. By God, we would have all known his name immediately. Yes. I can name Hertz. I can name Mahomes all day long. I can talk about them all I want to, and we can spout out their names, but it's like. We never remember him. Who was it? Oh, oh yeah, Butker. Butker. Because he did his job, and he walked away. That was it. No, yeah, I, was I, don't know why I didn't even remember who was in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, man, it's amazing how quickly they just kind of. Right. right. But we still remember <laughs> by Scott the way, Norwood. <laughs> by the way, did you guys see the poll that got dropped uh, for the new new folks that are coming in? Y'all got in before I put it in here. Um, so football alternatives right now, we've got three of them. XFL, USF, or CF, C, USFL, goodness, mm. XFL, USFL, or CFL. So you can vote whenever you join in on the uh, the podcast, what's your what's your NFL alternative? Um, I have a feeling we're going to get a big fat zero votes on that poll because um, mm-hmm. there is no NFL alternative. But we'll see as as folks come through the uh, come through the podcast. So, so, so Larry's question: Do you? Guys All right, let's have go back thoughts? to it. We got to. You got any rather thoughts? watch live golf, Larry? <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> I'm watching golf. That's what I'm doing. Forget that mess. <laughs> Hey, look, it's not common that Dallas gets to actually play football in uh, in February. So watch out. They're 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 doing oh. it this year with the XFL. So <laughs> oh. so so all my Dallas fans out there, y'all got y'all got football in, in February. It's a unique experience. <laughs> all right. So who is the GOAT to never win a ring? I got mine, but I'll let y'all go first. See if you steal mine. Go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. Oh, I've got nothing on this one. Goat to never win a ring. Um, Jeez Louise. I, Rod, you're going to have to go first. I so, I, I mean, it's, it's really like a batch of people that you could even just throw in and just have to decide from there. Obviously, Carl Malone is one of those that you got to think about as being one that, of the greatest. That never, that, never that was the first one that came to my mind. But I told you guys I was rocking the the Carl Malone L.A. Gears in elementary school, so I thought. Oh that's why yeah, I was picking him. I didn't really think it was anything special there. So that's why I said that one. But 
but I won't steal it. I'll, I'll if, come up if with I recall, one. Oscar Robinson never won one, right? I think that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, those are just off the top of my head, two of my, I mean, well, well, really, we can almost look at a ton of people from the 90s that just didn't win one because Michael Jordan played. <laughs> I mean, right. Uh, Charles Barkley, you know, is, is, is one of them in that conversation. But I I, I would have to probably, if, if you look at the longevity of career and how close they consistently were, I, I'd probably have to go with Carl Malone personally. I, I would be interested to see what our viewers say, too, but. What so what you got? I was gonna I was gonna say Charles Barkley. I read something about Charles Barkley just the other day. I I don't remember if it was I think it was before a playoff game. I really like what Larry said, AI too. I mean I love that. Great. What maybe maybe five eleven, six foot. I know they said he was six two, but he's really about five ten. And like one sixty five. Um, now, maybe soaking wet. <laughs> now, Larry, here's one of the things about AI. For somebody that didn't win a title, he probably has one of the top five most iconic moments in NBA Finals history where he made the shot and stepped over Tyron Lue. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, speaking of which, do y'all remember Mario Hezonga? So Mario Hezonga, he was actually drafted by, and I'm probably butchering his name, He's from uh, somewhere in Europe. He got drafted by the Magic. He said he was going to be better than Kobe Bryant. Um, <laughs> he ended up getting released, and he went to the Knicks, and he dunked on Giannis. And he did the walkover on Giannis. Look it up. And let's just say that was bad for Mario. Because he got thumped on so hard by the freak. Uh, it was it was bad. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> okay. But, um... <laughs> Sorry, okay. Larry. We're all over the place on this podcast, man. It's, but it's... that's the beauty of it because you know, hey, listeners. Uh, I mean, you guys get a chance to drive this as well. I mean, we'll talk about what you want to talk about. Is, right. is it is it bad? I deep down want to say James Harden. Um, <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> is that, is that, just go ahead and predestinate that right there. James Harden. That's my choice in 10 years. Um, no, I think I would go Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. That's a good choice. That's a I good think one. since you got, since you guys got the, the, probably my other two go to, um, with Carl. <laughs> like I said, I, I really want to get Wilbur by now. <laughs> 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 I read just Charles, give it to him. I read that Charles Barkley um the night before a game ate two pizzas <laughs> and either had a bunch of I think it was a bunch of beer. Yes. And he went out and had 44 points and 22 rebounds. Yes. That's that's How my can boy, you not respect ra- that guy. The round mound of rebounds. Rebound. I mean, <laughs> you you're talking about a guy that's like 6-5 that's like one of the best rebounders in history that was I mean, he didn't have any, you know, I mean, he didn't have a 45-inch vertical or anything like that. So, nope. I mean, that, just, that, that's that's greatness. Just a force. Just a force. You know, Reggie Miller's another good one, right? Didn't, he he, he yeah. didn't have a championship, right? No. And then T-Mac, I see here, uh, Larry, you talk about him. That, I mean, that's a, great, that's a great one as well. Oh, I got a story about T-Mac. So, the Magic in 2000 were actually up 3-1 to one on the Pistons. The Pistons were one and the Magic were eight. 
And Tracy McGrady went into the media and said, it feels so good to get out of the first round. Mm. We lost in seven. Yep. I was at game six. John Barry, I still can't stand that guy, was like making fun of the Magic fans as we lost game six by 27, I think, and yeah, then had cool. to go back to Detroit for game seven. I mean, whew. I do Almost remember that. That the was the NBA rough. final champions, right? Because they beat the Lakers that year. Mm. I may be off one year. I think it was 2000, though, wasn't it? Wait, when the Pistons beat the Lakers? Uh, that was 2004. No, 2004. 2004. That's right. 2004. Oh, I, I almost said that one um, simply because of his commercials. We're still quoting. My kids have never saw the, what was it, Geico? His, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I should explain that I'm referencing the chat about Matumbo um, is in there uh, with for, for goats without the ring. Yeah, the Geico commercials or mm -hmm. whatever. The no, 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 not today. Mm -hmm. Like, we still reference those in my house, and my kids never actually saw one of those live. Like, if somebody throws something in the house, I'm knocking it out of the air. No, no, no. Like, that's that's what I do. I think those were Geico commercials. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd have to look that up on YouTube. But, and then uh, who, dunked, who dunked on him? Jordan. That's and right. And right there. That's right. And that was in the playoffs. <laughs> yep. When Matumbo was on the Hawks? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Gosh, it's, it's, it's crazy to think about them playing together because that's almost like two different worlds of basketball right yeah yeah i i, I do agree with with larry on on uh, yao ming being yao on ming. so uh did y'all happen to see kind of switching gears a little bit i uh -huh. just looked at the clock uh <laughs> um did y'all happen to see the jake paul um tommy fury fight <gasps> did, what did somebody did somebody say something there Look, that sideshow, right? <laughs> look, I, I've been a fight fan for years. You know, my, my primary sport uh, growing up was martial arts, so I was really excited for the UFC to sort of take front and center stage, especially growing up here in Alabama. You know, UFC early on got a, got a, got a lot of start mm -hmm. in Alabama, so I've always been a big fight fan. And uh, and uh, I have to admit, what um, is happening with boxing should no longer be considered fighting um it, it's it's, yeah, it's, almost, it's like you are. <laughs> it's, it's almost <laughs> wwc-esque um, yeah i mean it's like you 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 go to a circus and a fight breaks out right right and look i'm not gonna lie i've seen better fights at midnight at a waffle house than what happened oh we definitely have <laughs> and how these are going to decision and not not finishing i have no idea but uh, that's that's just a whole nother story altogether. Uh, the comment. So uh, so whenever we take this recording, our friend Larry here commented that uh, he was scared to fight the other Fury brother. Um, and and yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't disagree with that statement at all whatsoever. Josh, what you watched the fight yes. live. <laughs> what was your take on the matter? Yes, I watched the fight. I watched the fight live and. Uh... It was it was like a lot of pawing by Jake Paul. Um, his stance looked off, like he looked like he had never fought anybody in his life. And 
there were a lot of like these huge roundhouses, not just like a normal roundhouse, but like a way up high. And if Tommy Fury had any experience at all, it would be like the one time that I boxed and my good buddy, Tori Quinones, who maybe listened to the show, I went up like this. I didn't have my guard up at all, right? I went up like this and he went like this, boom, and knocked me out cold. <laughs> and if Fury would have done that, Paul would have been on the ground. But Fury's basically a rookie, right? He's 23 years old. He, had, he hadn't fought anybody. His, and that's what Paul was hanging his hat on, that uh, Fury's opponents were like 20 and 200 for his 8-0 victory, you know, his 8-0 record. So that's why Paul was expecting to just come out and, and dominate him. But so all Josh, tell me was get him with a big hit. And he, he got him like once in maybe the third round and then not again till the eighth. But by the seventh round, the fight for all intents and purposes was over. Um, but then he caught him and uh, Fury went down. But then he, he got back up and Fury just looked like a much more polished fighter, which is pretty sad for a guy who thinks that he's a boxer. But um, as we talked about in pregame, um, this was very much like Kimbo Slice walking into the UFC oh, octagon. Very similar to me. Um, I'll never forget. I was at uh, I was at Barnes and Noble. People, you know, my family was looking at books or whatever, and I went over to the magazine rack and I'm reading a UFC magazine. And there was an article done by a guy I can't even remember his name, but he weighed like 165 pounds, and he said. I will completely dominate Kimbo Slice. And what was Kimbo? Like 240, 250? Yeah. That I will yeah. own that guy in the ring. He is garbage. And, of course, he had some other colorful language um, about <laughs> how he felt he was garbage. But um, then, of course, Kimbo fights uh, Ken Shamrock's distant cousin and loses in, like, 40 seconds. You know, so... <laughs> Same same kind of comparison here with Big Paul. So so that distant cousin of Ken Shamrock, that was actually faster fight than forty seconds. It was uh it was fourteen. Oh wow is, uh, is what he lost oh. that, uh, oh, wow. that fight in. Um but the thing with um with Kimbo Slice, I, I, I have to say it's a little bit different. Um, you know, if, if you don't know the backstory, Kimbo Slice was viral on, I don't even know, I don't know how we shared videos. We emailed them back and forth with each other because he literally went viral for just having fights in his front yard. It was like, I don't, I don't know. Was he in Florida? Is that what state he was in? I remember it being tropical. Yeah, Florida, Miami, Miami. Miami. Yeah. And he was just beating the crap out of dudes. And the problematic thing that you had in the UFC at that point in time was you had a UFC that was, um, as, uh, as Senator John McCain called it, it was human chicken fighting is what it was. And you had, you know, Kimbo slice was coming in for those human chicken fights, meaning these are just unsanctioned punch each other in the face competitions. That's mm -hmm. what they were. And Kimbo was good at, well, he was okay at that. Right. And then it began to become a world, thanks to Senator John McCain, of sanctions and stuff like that. And we saw a twist that was a little unique in Kimbo's career because of that. Because then we had to start weighing in. We actually had to start training for fights. 
and stuff <laughs> like that. So I have to say that that um, Kimbo was just a a a unique example. If I had to compare it to anything, I would have actually compared it to the fight that Kimbo won. The guy that Kimbo won, and um, oh gosh, I'm I'm trying to think what his name was. Um, it was uh, Tank Abbott. To me, mm-hmm. that was what what Jake Paul reminds me of. That fight reminds me of more than that. Tank Abbott was really really good until we started getting qualified fighters in there, and that's yeah. when Tank Abbott's record went to below fifty fifty. <laughs> which once you hit that point, you're out of out of the UFC. But um, luckily, luckily Kimbo Slice went on that, that good, uh, good, uh, right. Yeah. Totally. He was, way he was past his prime. Yes. He absolutely was past his prime for sure. But again, tank, you know, that comparison, that was, that was adult chicken fighting is what we're, we're talking about there. We weren't, we weren't talking about sanctioned weight classes, things of that nature. I mean, just to be honest, a guy like tank Abbott, guys like Kimbo Slice, I'm surprised they even survived through that. Because you know yeah, the most you the, could weigh the... in a fight's two sixty five, and some of those guys were just gigantic. Yes, yeah. I mean, going for the sitcom roundhouse is just not the move. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, not. That's and basically that's what, what you've been telling me, Josh. As you saw, like out of Paul. I mean, we're going for the same roundhouse that you see, like on the the sitcoms and stuff, like Popeye. Yeah, right. <laughs> he was doing a lot of this too. He was doing a lot of this, and then he'd get jabbed in the face, and then he'd stop doing it. It, it was hilarious. Well, and you're talking about those overhand punches. You know, that's something that you see a lot of in, like, the UFC and stuff when you've got a cage behind you that you can get that leverage off of and jump, you know, kind of crow hop your way in there. Right. Um, you know, Superman punch like Roman Reigns or something yeah, like that in the WWE. You can't do that in a real fight, though. Yeah, you know. And of course, what what Larry just said that yeah, Brock started that trend of huge and fast fighters. It's like Happy Gilmore hitting a golf ball. You know, you you really can't run up <laughs> the golf ball. Cup like and that. swing, yes. Yeah, you. It <laughs> that works actually a really good analogy. It works <laughs> once, you know, and uh, occasionally you fall you'll like see it together ten times. <laughs> You'll you'll occasionally see it executed. Now, um, you know though, I will I will hand it to uh, Kimbo Slice. This this is another reason why um, I don't I disagree with the comparison is because Kimbo Slice was undefeated as a boxer. Ah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that's that's where uh, where where Jake Paul failed um, on that aspect. But he oh, so let me talk. Let me real. talk post fight real fast. Oh, okay. okay, okay, okay. So the first judge said that he won. 74 to 73 or something like that don't quote me on the on the numbers yeah, no. but by one and then the second judge said 76 73 fury and then the third judge said 76 73 fury so then they interview fury he's great oh i love my daughter i'm so happy to see my wife all this stuff this is a dream of mine to to fight here blah 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 meaning i made a lot of money so this was cool is how i heard him and then they interview Jake Paul, and he just starts in with all the excuses. Right. I didn't agree with the judges. I know that there were at least two rounds where I won 10 to 8. This was a really tough camp for me. I was hurt. I was sick. And all the fans just started booing like crazy. And he said, but no excuses. I'm not here to make excuses. I want y'all to measure me in my losses, not my wins. And he just went into this whole like diatribe, but 
he completely made all the excuses he could think of before he got booed off the stage, basically. <laughs> it's reminiscent of Larry King asking uh, asking Joel Osteen what it takes to be a Christian. You know, him sweating the bullets on that. That's, that's sort of what that turn kind of looked like. <laughs> when we got Jake Paul talking about... Uh, about how he uh, how he lost and everybody starts booing and it's like wait no I'm supposed to be the good guy here no 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 I didn't mean it I'm just pretending I'm just pretending um so Larry asked in the chat what's the term when you uh, think something's impossible then once you break once the record's broken by multiple people that's the uh, the what is it Roger Bannister effect yeah the, that's the four minute mile yeah the four minute mile that's that's what we got right there the Roger Roger Bannister effect but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah that's um. You know, Jake Paul is an interesting dude. I'm going to love watching him in the WWE whenever I get to hate on him. I hope the boxing thing's over. Um, I'm sure he'll probably have a contract before the end of the year. Well, you know, he and his brother will probably be tagging, you know, Mm -hmm. at next pay-per-view like a SummerSlam or something. I I think so. But to your point, Josh, I think there will be a rematch, right? They've already both agreed. After the fight, they both agreed. Yeah, most of those contracts are if it goes to a decision, there's going to be a rematch. And God, I only hope that it can be money out. grab. <laughs> so, shout out to Jake Paul because he said that if he lost, he would give his earnings to Tommy Fury. And Logan Paul said if Jake Paul lost, that he would give up his share of some company that he owns so i'd be interested to know if those guys uh fulfilled their promises because yeah i doubt it (laughs) so josh speaking of records that that just can't be broken i mean what's so let's let's talk a little bit about uh uncle joe uncle joe's trivia larry doesn't know about uncle joe's trivia that's right you gotta fill him in that's it absolutely So Uncle Joe's trivia is old school trivia. That's the trivia that you go to a bar and it happens to be trivia night and everybody's sitting around and you've got the one annoying person on the mic who wants everybody to get involved in trivia. But the biggest rule that that guy has is what? No cheating in trivia. So if you're listening to us live, if you're listening to us on demand, we don't care. Don't cheat. You can always comment whether you're listening live or or listening on demand. But uh, Uncle Joe doesn't cheat. Uncle Joe is my, what did we call him last week? My uncle-in-law, my wife's uncle. Right. He'll always pull me aside at Thanksgiving and hit me with some awesome trivia question. So uh, hopefully I have a good one today. And then I have uh, someone who's stepping up today in the other Auburn fan. In Mr. Drew Tolbert. Mm-hmm. So I'll hit y'all with the first one. And that is, there are three former NBA players that went on to be NBA referees. Name those three former NBA players. That should be a good one. Hey, and, and, oh, no, go ahead, Rob. I was going to say, and Drew... Um, you know, one of the things that we can tell people uh, to the point about Uncle Joe and, and not said I'm out. <laughs> is that it's so much more fun. Number one, we've had some really, really lively, like, de- debates in our chats, almost like, you know, guys about to fight each other about <laughs> their answers to a trivia, which, right. is, which is kind of hilarious. 
but then we've had some really cool collaborations that have happened as a result of us, you know, trying to figure out the, the, the trivia as well. I, and, and we actually had one pregame uh, a few weeks back to uh, one of uncle Joe's questions. And it was just amazing how we, it was, you know, I said something and then it, it prompted you to remember something and then we figured it out together. Right, right, right. And you know, that's actually happened in the comment section on some of our social media. So, you know, now's the time to plug that as well. You know, we're at Culture of Splife. It's the one that Josh is live on down here. Um, that's our, our, our channel across the board. We are on TikTok, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, so, so we're, you know, again, at Culture of Splife everywhere we go. Um, and so there have been, there have been friends made uh, via the collaborations inside of that stuff. And look, just to be honest with you guys, I, I probably, uh, I, I'm probably the one posting most of the stuff that's on there. Um, I'm going to say most of the stuff cause, cause these guys do help me out. But uh, just to be honest with you, like this question right here, I, I don't know the answer to it. I, I don't even know the answer. So whenever you ask me in the chat, you got to figure it out. Y'all got to get together in the comments and figure it out. Cause, cause I am not <laughs> answering that. Cause I have no clue who it is. I'd have to Google it. Um, but uh, so we'll give the answer at the end of the show, but yes. yeah. So, uh, so, so if it wasn't, wasn't for that, I'm not going to know the answer to these trivia questions. If Josh, you got to tune in every week to find out the answer to these trivia questions. Right. All right. Are you ready for the second? Trivia yes. Question? Oh yeah. Here's uh, with Uncle. Uncle Joe's trivia. This is actually a little older than Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe may know this one, though. All right. So, in 1920, Texas A&M did something to the, one of their rivals' mascots that no other team has ever done, specifically in the sport of football. What did they do to their rivals' mascot? Ooh. Oh, this is a good one, man. Yeah. Are we going straight? Hey, up? I'm, I'm, I'm looking Morris forward to see what kind of answers we get mascot? on that. <laughs> what did Yo, you say, Rod? At the same time, what'd you say, Drew? I said, are we going straight up? Zach Morris Bayside kidnapping the mascot? Is that what we're doing? Is <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> what'd you hey, say, Rod? I'm interested to see what kind of responses we get to the, to uh, to that question. I can only imagine what it's going to be like. I, I, I predict either it's going to be the greatest thing that has ever happened to social media um, in our lives, or it's going to be absolute crickets. Um, it's going to be one or the other because it's, it's a difficult one. I don't even know that it's the way that I've worded it. I don't know that it is Googleable, if that's a word. Googleable. <laughs> I, I don't even know that you can Google it just because of the way I worded it. It did happen in January. If that helps, January of 1920. That's specifically, I, I could track down the, the exact date, but I don't know that it's possible to do that at this point. Uh, um, speaking of throwbacks, thanks, Drew, for throwing it back to the uh, Zach Morris kidnapping the, <laughs> the mascot for Bayside. Yeah. I was like, oh, Yeah. Kidnap that valley mascot there. That's, <laughs> that's what we got to do. We rival, get the dog, right? Get the dog. Goodness. All right. So that's trivia. What other topics did we decide that we wanted to talk about tonight? I think the uh, the rule changes in baseball. 
kind of yeah. things up for your Atlanta Braves yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, sa- Saturday's game. Yeah, wasn't it Saturday? Saturday. Saturday? Was it Saturday? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good old Todd ball game. Nothing like that. <laughs> um, so what's the rundown? All the rules changes. What what did we have oh, yeah. change, Josh? So the the main rule change, the one that that I love because I'm a diehard Cubs fan, and even obviously that's hard. Sorry, to be, our sympathies. That's hard to be in and of itself, but. <laughs> having to wait 53 seconds between pitches is even harder, right? So the new rule change is you have 15 seconds in between pitches if there is no one on, 20 seconds if there's anybody on base, and 30 seconds between batters, okay? So these rules are for both the pitcher and the batter. As some Brave found out yesterday that probably won't be on the team, I don't know. I'm not a Braves fan, but I've never heard his name. <laughs> Maybe he's some future star or something. Maybe he's listening to the show. I don't know. But as you said, the game is tied. It's a full count. So what happens if you if the pitcher doesn't get the pitch off in time? It's a ball before the pitch. Automatically a ball. If the batter isn't ready in the batter's box in time, it's a strike. Okay, so three and two, uh, bottom of the ninth, I guess. You said it was a tie score. And um, he's ready. He's ready, but he looks and he sees that the catcher isn't ready. The catcher's still standing up, kind of looking at his wrist. I don't know if he was looking at, like, pitches, potential pitches to call for the pitcher or whatever. But the pitcher was on the rubber, ready to go. And that's all that matters. The pitcher is the only one that has to be ready. Doesn't matter if the catcher's ready. So the the batter started walking to first, thinking that he had gotten this shot clock rule in effect and he was going to get to go to first base. And the umpire called him out, called a strike because he wasn't ready for the pitch eight seconds before the shot clock went off. So I think since it's spring training, I think it ended in a tie. I don't think they do extra innings in spring training. Yeah, no, they they just ended it in a tie. Yeah, the spring training stuff right there. So that's the big rule. The other one that I absolutely love is they're basically taking away the shift. So there have to be two position players on either side of second base. So there's no more when Anthony Rizzo comes up, everybody shifts to the right side of the field because for some reason he can't get it between second and third unless it's a drag bunt and they can probably still throw him out because he's not the fastest. Um, Of course, Rizzo's a Yankee, so I don't even know why I'm talking about him. But um, I think that'll be great. And then also your feet, when the pitch comes, have to be in the dirt. So, you know, if the guy squared up to bunt, it doesn't matter. You have to be in the dirt until the pitch starts. So that'll kind of kind of help out, you know, fast players that are able to bunt for singles. That are There's also bigger bags. Bigger bags, 18 inches versus 15 inches. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll yeah. – uh, that one definitely... wasn't as exciting for me, but so, that's definitely a rule as well. So basically <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to cut down on all of the Bush League type of stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and truth be told, especially with this uh, younger generation, 
they just can't seem to get into baseball, a lot of them. And the biggest problem they say is, well, it's it's too slow. There's There's no real action. Well, these are some things that help the flow of the game. I, I, I think. And obviously uh, that Braves guy found that out the hard way, even though, I mean, the only thing that's stopping him from being like the center of low lights for some time to come is just, the, it just happened to be a preseason game. So that's so funny, Larry. I was just about to mention the Savannah bananas. Are y'all familiar with them? Oh, absolutely. They're the biggest thing on TikTok right now. As <laughs> so far Johnny as Damon is on the team. Johnny Damon played the other night. And, he did. Uh, it showed up in my Facebook reels and wow, the rules of that game are awesome. They like line dance up like the, the guy who's batting starts a line dance up to the batter's box. If you step out of the batter's box, there's a penalty. I can't remember what it is. Um, if you walk, you run. There's no like prancing up to the first base. You oh. run and you go as far as you can. So I'm guessing if the ball is, if it's a pass ball or whatever, you're trying to advance as far as you can. And uh, just really interesting rules for the old yeah, Savannah. It's, it's reminiscent a little bit of the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Mm. You know, because you're going to carry around the the bad guys. What, what were they? The, uh, what, the generals. What, yeah, the Washington generals. Was that what they were called? Or was yep. it just the generals? Um, I, I, I seem to remember that. But um they're carrying around uh, the Savannah Party Animals is their new team that they got. Originally, they were part of a league, um, but they've now conducted an entire tour. Um, they're coming to Birmingham, Alabama um, in June. So tickets will go on sale for that. If you haven't signed up, uh, good luck. You're not going to get on the wait list because there's already 250,000 people signed up. Um <laughs> Tickets are almost impossible. They're booked. They're sold out. And this is a team. They're not single A. They're not double A. They're none of that. They're They're like Floyd Mayweather. Exhibition. (laughs) Yeah. They they are solely (laughs) exhibition games now at this point. And uh, it's magical. It is getting people uh, into baseball again. It's getting butts in seats. And I mean, yellow bases. It's the coolest thing, right? Yep. Yellow bases. So I can't wait to see them in Birmingham. I'm hoping to get get tickets to go hopefully they'll hear me on this and be like oh wow he's such a big fan and he has this awesome podcast that, that bring bring some on his guests yeah we can we can get some some guys on his guests but hey you know that savannah bananas franchise when it was purchased um those guys almost went completely out of business they changed the name to the bananas it um everybody hated it they sold every single ticket because everybody wanted to watch it fail and then it is what it is today. And we're talking about less than two years time mm. that this whole thing came around. So if you've never heard of Savannah Bananas, it, that's fine. You've heard of them now. Um, you're going to hear about them a lot more. It's only going to get bigger. Like I said, it will be the next, it will be the baseball equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters for sure. Hey, Johnny, if you're listening, man, class of 95, you're the class of 91 at Dr. Phillips High School. Come on, come on the show. We're Dr. Phillips Panthers together. Did I tell you all that? I went to high school with Johnny Damon. I don't know. No. Yep. Yeah, so so Johnny Damon and uh, you you went with uh, DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Stone, AJ Pierzynski. He had like a 20-year career in major leagues. Oh, Burt Kreischer. Dropped uh, uh, Larry dropped Brooke Kreischer. You got to hang out with him. Uh, I remember that. Of course, he did all of his batting shirtless. 
because um, that that's Burt Kreischer's thing. I think I'm going to start doing that in the podcast. I'm just going to do the podcast shirtless, see if we attract more or less viewers. <laughs> the so right now, ball, right? Right now, live, we are up to 343 viewers. So we'll see um, when I go shirtless next week if we will have more or less viewers. I think you got a shot at us going viral with that, huh? <laughs> oh, it's going to go something. Wow. That's for sure. You wow. know, on the real Drew Talbert page, I will say that the majority of my followers are women. So, ladies. <laughs> Now the How two culture of Splife, that? yeah, culture of Splife pages. It's mostly dudes. They're they're not going to be into it. But for this side on the <laughs> screen only, for this side of the screen only, or maybe they are, fellas. So we'll see how many views we get. I'll be shirtless next week. You know that's getting edited, and that's going to be put on all of our social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, times. So Larry wants to know what times we go live. Generally speaking, we go live 8.30 p.m. Central Time on Mondays. Um, it's going to be the uh, the Culture of Splife podcast. Occasionally, though, our schedules don't work out. We'll talk about why that doesn't work out here in just a second. Because we have kids that travel with, uh, with sports. We have kids that are Girl Scouts. We have some kids that do ballet. And you have my two boys who are nerds and just play Minecraft a lot and don't want to put in their headgear. Um, so I'm late to showing up. But generally speaking... <laughs> Generally speaking, we are live at 8.30s on Monday. Um, if we don't go live on Monday, you'll see us Tuesday, right? That's that's normally the uh, the go-to methodology. Um, so in theory, go to our Facebook page, I always put on there when we're going to be live. There so. you go. I was going to say, in theory, if you follow Facebook, you'll know. Maybe we should start posting that on Twitter. I don't know. Rod almost does all the stuff on Twitter, so it's almost only yeah, exclusively I, I, we, we, brackets. We can start doing that. Yeah, we, we can start doing that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Rod, could you drop that on Twitter for us? That'd be Yeah, great. we can do that. Because I haven't logged into Twitter in 25 years on the <laughs> Splath page, so I don't even know what that says. Rod took it over, and I'm thankful for it. He can post whatever he wants to. All the brackets. We'll start posting it. <laughs> So, Rob, what kind of uh, travel sports is your daughter involved in right now? Uh, let's see here. We we do, obviously, travel basketball. And then during the week, we do what's kind of like a quasi-travel skills basketball-ish type of thing where she's doing that with high school uh, boys. And then, of course, she you know plays you know, the uh, girls' travel ball. And every week starting mid-March, until they like Memorial Day, like that's my life on the weekends. And then, of course, my seven-year-old is a soccer star, and and the, those weekends will be used up there. So, I mean, it's literally one of those things where between practices and games, uh, me and my wife are going to be in two places, like at the same time. I mean, different places. So, I mean, that's and and we were talking about it pregame, and I know Josh, you just coming from out of state uh, traveling and. I mean, it's it's literally one of those things where this time of year, whether it's soccer or basketball or baseball or whatever it may be, like this is the height of, of travel ball dumb. <laughs> right. You know? That's right. I actually just got back from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I had never been there before, home of Southern Mississippi. Absolutely. And uh, as you all know, my wife owns a travel company, so she books a lot of trips for other people. 
And sometimes there's not enough time for our trips. And in this case, it was a trip to Hattiesburg. So <laughs> we didn't have a hotel at three o'clock on Friday when we were two hours away from heading to Hattiesburg. So we found a, the, quite a predicament. Yes. <laughs> so our options were um, a, a hotel that's probably two star at best, hasn't been refurbished since 1983, orange walls, um, those nasty bedspreads, you know, from like the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, so Katie found a better hotel that was sold out and she just picked up the phone and called the help desk, um, the help desk, called the, uh, the, the receptionist, reception desk. And they said, well, you can't stay here Saturday, but you can stay here tonight. And so we were like, okay, well, we'll take it. That's better than the nasty bedspreads. So I'm dead asleep at 827 Saturday morning. And I get a call from the front desk saying, you know, we took down a note that you needed a place to stay Saturday night and we've had one cancellation. So you get to stay an extra night. So we got to stay there the whole time. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on in Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Now, granted, there may be 12 or 13 hotels. I, I, I didn't count them, but I didn't pass by many. But then I went to the first game of the soccer tournament. Have y'all been to Hattiesburg, Mississippi for a soccer tournament? Not for a soccer tournament. No. There are 17 full soccer fields. 17. And there were a lot of like younger kids, you know, so they're breaking those fields off into like two or three fields. So there were thousands of people that were there for this tournament. And now I understand why it was so difficult to get a hotel mm -hmm. in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. But yeah, my son's 11 years old and he plays travel soccer, loves it, had two goals in a game. So that was awesome. We went three and one, came in second place and um, really starting to grow as a team. So it's been a lot of fun. I'm, a, I'm definitely a, a soccer dad. That's for sure. <laughs> it's great. Not a Minecraft dad like you, Drew. Mm -hmm. Nope, I, I definitely am. My kids are on a uh, direct path of uh, working in nerdy jobs just like me. So, uh, you know, that's, we'll that's, their, all the way to the bank. That, yeah. that's, that's their aspirations right there. Um, yeah, I've actually been really lucky when it comes to, uh, comes to my kids in sports. Um, my daughter's the one that we're like, oh, this is going to break the cycle, you know, cause, um, we thought, we thought that with ballet and everything, but, you know, hearing horror stories of you guys in travel versus my kids, and and travel you know for for necessity it's it's a lot different world like for example me i'm going to be traveling this weekend to go to a a bookstore that's what i'm going to be traveling <laughs> to do you guys will be traveling for for sports and have to stay overnight and stuff like that but um you know why there was that cancellation right somebody's kid got knocked out of the tournament that's what happened yeah. you, you got the you got the loser kids room after after the cancellation or, 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 or it was that kid that was so upset about not getting playing time that they decided to quit the team that day right <laughs> right that was tragedy tragedy struck josh you profited from somebody's tragedy hey i'll take it because when we checked out the manager said that there was only one cancellation for the whole weekend 
and we were just lucky enough that we got that spot. So, cause yeah. we were literally talking about having to sleep in our car. Potentially there were no hotels wow. sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. So obviously we would have done that as a last resort, but I mean, Hey, hey it would have been a great podcast story for you, right? That's right. And it would uh, be a, a good life lesson for the kids, right? Like, yes. You have a very good life, but this is how some people actually live. I, I mean, and of course, one day your kids will be able to tell their kids, you know, when I played travel ball, I had to sleep in the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And, and Larry, that is correct. Uh, like basically from April till the end of the summer, there's, it's hard to find a hotel in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we're actually uh we're actually running into that a little bit even out on the outskirts of Atlanta in March. Uh we're going up to Brookhaven for a, a weekend for their Cherry Blossom Festival and uh you know hotels are thin pickings. Now, the advantage to Atlanta and and a lot of people like I don't know folks from Alabama it, it might just be us, but one advantage to Atlanta is you know, you do have the MARTA. You don't have to stay where you have to be. So you can use that to travel. And I mean, like mm -hmm. the MARTA is 30 minutes from north to south on the gold line, um, you know, all the way from the airport to the furthest place north in Atlanta that it goes. So it's not a horrible, horrible ride. If you drove that, it's going to take you, you know, like six hours. Uh, <laughs> so, so a 30 minute, 30 minute ride isn't that far. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, there is the option of the MARTA. So uh, check out those, those MARTA um, listings and see if you can uh, just ride that into the concert. Now leaving the concert is going to suck. You're going to have to wait a minute to get a ride back yeah, from the MARTA because yeah. a couple of other people are going to be doing that too. They're going to have that same yeah. idea. I'm not going to pretend like they're not. Um, it's kind of like me when I was in New York and I see everybody dressed in hockey gear and it's like, Oh crap. The <laughs> Rangers are in town <laughs> and guess yeah. where I've got to go Penn station, which is where all of them are dropping off to go over into, uh, into Madison square garden. So yeah, it was, uh, it was rough. I made it, but it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yep. So and I remember back when we, this summer, we had to be in Atlanta on two different weekends for, uh, like, you know, uh, collegiate exposure uh, tournaments. And we, we were staying like 15, 20 miles away. It was that bad. Yeah, and I think I've got a story that I should post to social media from an earlier podcast about about that drive, right? Was that the, was that the one with, with the windshield wipers didn't even work? The rain was so bad? <laughs> wasn't that the the thunderstorm driving to uh oh no no that was valdosta valdosta that's right that's right yeah which i mean the five hours and in, in rainstorms and in two different cases there was tornado warnings so that was that was thanks for reminding me yeah you're welcome anytime <laughs> you know anytime you can be thankful for just being here on level ground and and not having to drive that that drive you know, I mean, it, the drive was bad enough, but, you know, we, we were talking about my oldest daughter, you know, 13, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound. And, you know, she's doing 24 reps of 85 pounds on the bench press. But her kryptonite is storms, like goes from lion to mouse in an instant with the storm or the threat of a storm. So can you imagine having somebody with a 
hardcore phobia of storms in the car with you for five hours while you're driving through severe weather the whole time. Mm. <laughs> well, then y'all remember my making story. I told you that when we were going down to uh, Hilton Head for Thanksgiving and my oil pressure went all the way down to like 70. Oh. Yes. And I ended up spending the night in Macon, had to rent a car to be able to make it to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Cost me about $1,000 to rent a car for three days, mm. which was cheap because the other option was um, taking an Uber to Atlanta to get a car from there because everything was closed in Macon at six o'clock when all this went down. Mm -hmm. So shout out to uh, Express Oil in Macon. And Larry, uh, we went over to the Buffalo Wild Wings for, for dinner, if you're, <laughs> uh, you're familiar with that area of town. So um, yeah, that, that was an interesting Macon story for sure. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> being there when it snowed um me 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 and rod got a got a chance to uh to uh sleep in the office that's what we were doing <laughs> yeah, know, right in 30 hours right yeah again yeah we just we just took a nap that's what got me into the avengers movies that's what i was telling somebody the other day i, I started watching them there had a, had something to change my vpn so i looked like i was in foreign countries and i was able to get all of them on netflix <laughs> Did yeah, I all, that's all we had. Did I tell y'all what my car problem was? The reason why my oil pressure went down so much? Mm -mm, no, you didn't. My oil filter was not changed in my previous oil change. Mm. Yep, that'll that caused the problem. So you know, that happens a lot. Hotel, I had more meals. I had this huge rental car, and I had about a two hundred dollar fix that had to be done, all because the person who changed my oil, and I won't. I won't crush them. Um, didn't change my oil filter. That happens more than you know. Yep. It was hard to get off. It was tough. It's Swore sad. to me. Swore to me that they did. But, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, there's my making story, Larry. Let's give some trivia answers. It's, it's right. 10 p.m. Uncle Joe. Let's what do you it. got for us? Uncle Joe. Nobody's got any guesses to the to the first question. All right. So the first question was for those of you that are just uh, coming in the middle of the podcast here. There are three former NBA players that after their playing careers, they went on to be NBA referees. Name those three. And that would be Leon Wood. Bernie Fryer and Haywood Workman. Y'all remember Haywood Workman? Yes, that's the only one I would have known. Yeah, I, I knew uh, Bernie Fryer as a referee, but I didn't know he was an NBA player. I knew Workman. Yep. And there, the reason why this came up is because uh, Smush Parker actually tweeted it. Y'all remember Smush? Yes. With the Lakers. Mm -hmm. He is currently a referee, and he's trying to become the fourth mm -hmm. NBA player to become an NBA referee. Where they better rest. I don't. I don't. Based on the way uh, officiating is today, uh, that would be hard. I want to see one of these big dudes do it. You know, like I'm talking seven foot four inch big dudes 
dressed mm-hmm. like a referee out there. Like, who are you going to argue with, right? Like, That's right. you know, it's a foul. No, it wasn't a foul. Are you sure? Yes, sir. It was a foul. Mm-hmm. I admit it. Guilty as charged. That's that's what that's what I want out there. You know, those big dudes are probably let a lot of stuff go since they were like just walloped in the post. You know, all the time. <laughs> right, right. I didn't see any blood. That wasn't a foul. Right. <laughs> like I got, I got it. I got to say, no, 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 not the foul. <laughs> that's what, that's what I want to see out there. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> That's that's what I, I want right there in, in my NBA. That'll get me watching NBA again. NBA people make it happen. That's, that's what I want to see. All right, Drew, what's the answer to your trivia question? Okay, so so Larry uh, did cheat in the chat. He went ahead and cheated and is now completely disturbed by the answer. So the question was, in 1920, Texas A&M, did something with their rival's mascot that no other team has ever done. What did they do? And the answer to that question is they ate their mascot. Mm. They literally ate him. In January of 1920, Texas, along with Texas A&M, ate Bevo the Longhorn, or Bevo, however you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, uh, they, They literally cooked him grilled him and ate him and fed them at the banquet. The mascot did have the, uh, the score um, branded on it though. It was a 13 to nothing score from the, uh, the matchup that they had had a couple of years ago uh, in football. Cause again, this was in the twenties. So, you know, like you didn't play each other all the time. Uh, so it was kind of a, a memorable, memorable barbecue that they had. And um, allegedly Texas has never done this since then. Although, can we ever really know yeah. if Texas has ever done that? I don't know who this is. More of a, more of a, more of a. <laughs> what's the meat salty? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. I don't know who who is worse here. Okay, so so is Texas worse for feeding their mascot to their rival team, or is their rival team worse? for eating the mascot because both I feel like are power moves. Yeah. You know, A&M lost the game. So at the very least you can say to get back at them, we'll just eat the mascot. Right. You know, Texas is, is hard sell. Like you just delivered bragging rights that your rival shouldn't have by letting them eat your mascot. But, but again, but again, like, I'm thinking like, oh, you like that meal? Yeah, that was our mascot. Yeah, you just ate our mascot. You know, like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, like, that's how it plays out. Is that where this started? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Did they feed them the part that that had the 13 to 0 score on it? Did they cook that part? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I would assume so, because it had to have been on the uh, on the hind. I mean, then I, then I can the best then, part. Then I can I can I can get with that being a power move. <laughs> yeah, like like you know, keep that on the leather. Like, did they did they frame that piece? They had to. Man, this or is if you were gonna charge them for it, it should have just been thirteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't I don't know what digression is worse this week or last week. Um, there's something happening the we go live on TikTok that happens in our podcasts now. Um, there's there's definitely uh, definitely rules that are broken. Maybe I should stop talking after 9:30 uh, p.m. As we approach 10, it just goes downhill when Andrew speaks from then on. With or without a shirt on. Right, with or without a shirt, because I will be shirtless next week. <laughs> Tune in, guys. Oh man. <laughs> you guys are gonna be worried. You're gonna be texting me all week. Are you gonna be are you you're wearing your shirt, right? Like, <laughs> for real. All right, Rod, you ready to close us out, man? Now you know this is what you do, man. I I can't do it justice the way that Josh Crago can. <laughs> All right, Drew, close us out. Nope, I don't do it. Not my job. <laughs> All right. Well, Larry, we appreciate you coming on the show today, and you are a perfect example of what we want this show to be. We want it to be fully interactive. That's, that's what we're here to do. Yes. We're just three guys who like to talk about sports and life a little bit because that's what our lives are about for the most part sports and life a little bit of work on the side i guess so that we're able to do this part of the of the uh, of the day but um you know we we love being here this as you can tell is not an nfl or a college football podcast this is very much a podcast of sports and about things that happen in life we almost talked about girl scout cookies so that may come up as what's your favorite girl scout cookie um, to, you know, to, to get that kind of engagement. So, you know, we, we want this to be fun. Uh, we've allowed listeners day one. Um, we have a, a guy, Eric Knowlton, a good buddy of mine. We call him day one because he's day been one. here for all of our podcasts. And so he was able to come on the show. We've had a former NFL player and uh, we, we will, we're planning on having many more athletes and Navy SEALs um, have an opportunity to potentially get a guy who survived a 25,000 foot fall when his parachute didn't work um, the, in the multiple backups for that. So definitely tune in, whether you're with us live or on Apple Podcasts, right? We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Drew mentioned we're on Twitter, obviously TikTok, Facebook, Facebook Reels, YouTube Shorts, Everywhere you can think of, and even where, Drew, Clapper, we're on the Clapper. So uh, Drew's just making up social media places for us to be, but uh, we love being here. We have a great time and hope you do too. And until next time, have a great week, and we'll see you whenever I say on Facebook next week. And Twitter this time. That's right. <laughs> Rob, shout us out on Twitter. There you go.